Welcome to the Anomaly Presents podcast, the podcast about genre movies, the genre movies that made us start a genre film festival. That's the Anomaly Film Festival in Rochester, New York, uh, coming again to you very soon. It's only a few months away. I don't exactly know how many shopping days there is, but it is November 4th through 7th. Location TBD. It might be at your house. We don't know. Anyway, what we're doing here tonight is talking about a genre movie. It's not one we grew up with, but it's one we're excited about anyway. Um, it's it's the latest in in a long line of video game movies. Um, it's Mortal Kombat 2021. Don't get it twisted. It's not Mortal Kombat 1995 or Mortal Kombat Annihilation 1997. It's the new one on the block. Um, and we've got a couple of our, our erstwhile podcasternauts with us. Our uh, our crew who's... Our chosen, our chosen ones. ones. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, KP coming in early and, and hot. Thank you for bailing this. me out on that one. Yeah. I don't... That was a flawless victory. I'm not going to show you if I have the mark or not, because... <laughs> it's a little personal video's not working personal. tonight so we can't show each other our marks uh, but yeah the, the podcast one two three the podcastronauts are in the house we'll go around and uh, say hello we'll, we'll start with the voice you heard before it's uh, Kung Lao's hat KP hey everybody Megan Murphy is in the house I'm here hey Oh, God. No. I mean, keep it in so I know to be embarrassed. <laughs> I'll never learn otherwise. Oh, my God. You didn't see me doing finger guns, which I guess is a small blessing. And we've played long enough that we've unlocked this character. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you for having me. Um, Liu Kang, really jacked without a shirt on? Maybe we'll find out during this podcast. <laughs> Ludi Lynn is no joke, okay? That's my Black Power Ranger at work there. <laughs> I did not make that. Okay, we'll, we'll dig into this. Um, yeah, so glad to have you back, Eric. You know it's a big movie when Eric joins us. It's been, wait, is this your third? It's Hook, Ninja Turtles, and now Mortal Kombat. Am I missing one? And yeah. What What's the trend here? Oh, I, I oh, also Phantom did Phantom of the Paradise, Paradise right. but yeah. But Hook, Ninja Turtles, Mortal Kombat. Fantasy action. Yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. it. Heck yeah. Yeah. And the Phantom swings at one point, so that's basically fantasy action. But at least yeah. for three yeah. of those, you would have childhood nostalgia tightly clinging to to those. <laughs> that's right. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. So we can we can dive in. Should we do a quick history of what Mortal Kombat is? Are we all aware of what Mortal Kombat is? The legendary fighting game, the the from Midway, Mid- Midway's Rolling Stones to Capcom's uh, Street Fighter Beatles. Um. Oh God, that's an interesting I metaphor. Mean, it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll be here all day if we're going to start comparing fighting games. <laughs> well, oh, no. The reason I say that. Oh, go you ahead, know, Eric. Okay. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, you know what? I'm curious. Uh, and Matt, you might have been bringing this up. So I'm sorry. I'm stepping on toes. I was going to ask, what is everyone's first introduction to Mortal Kombat? Was it the game? Was it the movie? Was it just a friend on the bus telling them about it? <laughs> 
All the kids so, are talking about it. I, I, I'm old enough. You can blow the dust off of me because I, I remember when it was a big deal when it came out and it was so bloody and, and terrified all of our parents. Um, and the line at Putt-Putt was like around the corner to go play Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it was so long. What am I going to am I supposed to do at Putt-Putt? Play <laughs> mini golf? Please. That's right? outside. I'm here to rip somebody's you know heart yeah. out of their chest. Even yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely... <laughs> Uh, we we had it at home. I don't remember what system, but we definitely. Oh, Sega Genesis. I, I was just gonna ask. I know. I know we're Sega kids, so yeah, we had it on the Genesis too, and we were the lucky ones that had the red blood instead of Nintendo with their dumb green blood. Yes. Yeah, I was. I was the Super Nintendo kid. Yeah. So it's is bile better. Like, it just feels like, why would green be better? I'd be more terrified of green coming out of somebody than red. Red, I understand. Yeah, I don't know if they thought it was like, oh, this is kind of supernatural, so we'll make them all look like they're... Yeah, but it was... If they're aliens, you can behead them and feel not bad at all. God does not approve of aliens. Like, well, technically not all of these characters are human. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I can... Make him green blood. It's fine. No fuss. No muss. We're all going to heaven. (laughs) See, I have very much the cliche, you know, story as everyone else. Parents were very against the game. I knew a kid down the street who had it on the Sega Genesis. So you kind of sneak over there to play it. Um, But then I think it was the movie, the 1995 movie, when that came out. I didn't see it in theaters, but I definitely went to a birthday party when I was like six years old and everyone (laughs) gathered around the TV and we watched it like really close up and it was horrifying and amazing and exhilarating. And I think, I think it's that thing where it like imprints on you where you're just like at that perfect age, we were kids of the nineties. So you were obsessed with karate and martial arts and Ninja Turtles. So it's like, Oh shit, this is Ninja Turtles, but that guy's blowing fire out of his face and he has a skull for a head. That's fucking insane. Ninjas. You you got ninjas, you've got, and this one, well, I mean, you do have Sonya and Katana. So, you know, from a girl perspective, you you got a mixed bag. Yeah. Forbidden ninja. Well, fruit. I want to say out of the back, you didn't even have out of the off the bat, you didn't even have katana. You just had Sonya, if I remember right. In the nineteen ninety five oh, film, yeah, that's right. Katana's movie, in yeah. it. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't want to forget. You have to use the element of life, and then you're going to forget. <laughs> yeah. And she's going to show up at a crucial time <sighs> to remind you to use the element of life. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, "Water, water." <laughs> I think, yeah, that's definitely where you're saying, Eric, like it imprints on you. Like I rewatched both Mortal Kombat 1995 and Annihilation <clears throat> before the the newest one came out, and it is perfect for a kid it, it it's fun it's wacky it's campy it also over explains things you know <laughs> <laughs> which is but listen it also has like an adorable puppet with goro yeah that puppet was next Look, I, level it was great they just jammed an animatronic puppet on top of someone and said go for it and i love it it's, it's so like literally so much character look at him look at him go Look at Goro go. They had to Love they him. had to cut scenes from that movie where they had wanted to use him because he was so they used to act just, like it, I I was reading there's an oral history of 
Mortal Kombat 1995 oh, nice. that I can share. And um, they were they used to joke that like, oh, he's so he's such an actress. You know, he's so difficult. We can't take him. You know, he, he's not coming out of his trailer today because of the amount of work involved in operating oh. him. Uh, yeah, and so they were going to do all these other scenes that they just couldn't because it was near water and they were worried they were going to destroy him. Oh, <laughs> what a nightmare. It's jaws all over yeah. again. You know, going with that kid metaphor, too, uh, all the music sounds like you're at a roller skating party. So, like, the 1995 film, it just felt, it it played to that, too, where it's like, oh, cool, I'm in my my uh, elementary school gym roller skating to insane techno. Well, that, that song, that song can, like, not be, like, undervalued and, like, why we have a nostalgia for the movie. I yeah. mean, that song is Mortal Kombat in many ways to me, Yeah, you know? I'm like, yes, I I feel very violent and excited right now. And I don't know why. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, Fight. It's like I ate 10 pixie sticks. Let's go. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It really is good pump. I I believe I've I've told other people before this, but uh, in college, I did end up uh, going to a blood drive and giving blood while the Mortal Kombat uh, soundtrack played. (laughs) Yes, it was through a Greek system, I believe. Whoa. They organized it, so it had heavy, you know, um, dude vibes. But I was like, "What a choice!" I think my blood went faster. Yeah, you filled that entire pint of blood in like a half a second. Yeah, I'm like, hook another one up on me. I got this. I got this. So I think that's a good overview of of Mortal Kombat in the '90s. Um, I think that's Absolutely. a good place to start. Um, so we'll flash forward. Anybody want to do the math? What twenty-one years? Is that right? I don't know. I suck at math, guys. Uh, I don't like being made to feel yeah. so mortal. No, it would be twenty-six. Twenty-six. Oh God. Ten, ten years. Yeah, ten sounds right. We'll go with ten. How's that sound? So ten years later, we've got this movie. It's. Uh... <laughs> Dude, I'm so bad at math that when people are throwing out 20, I'm like, yeah, what 26 the years. I math. That's ins- 2005, 2015, and then plus six. Yeah, we're there. <laughs> KP, your math hurt me. Yeah, that was painful. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Why are you mad? Okay, 10 years, 10 years. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Back on track. <laughs> Man, the CGI has improved stupendously in a decade. Dramatically. <laughs> It, it's true, but that's just how it happened because this Weird is where we is are Goro right now. still a guy in a suit? I don't understand that piece. <laughs> it was he was two so guys weird. in a suit. He was one guy. Yeah. It was one guy on stilts and one regular guy. One <laughs> guy on stilts on another guy. It was a whole thing. <laughs> oh God! So <laughs> I am so far off right now. Fuck. Um, Mortal Kombat 2021. Should should we start where where we usually start at the beginning? All right, let's do it. I don't know what that means, but let's. Oh, and do we don't want to miss the beginning to this no. one because I will say this is an opening. It really is. Oh hell so, yeah! This was uh, they put up what the first seven minutes, like two days before it came out, and everybody went apeshit bananas. Um, yeah, for good they reason. Knew. So. The film opens in 17th century Japan, as any video game is is wont to do. Um, and it's a full-on action sequence, right? Um, Bihan, our, our uh, 
our villain for the film comes out of the the woods and attacks Hanzo Hasashi's wife and and son. We don't know who these people are yet. It's just Bihan and Hanzo Hasashi, unless you're familiar with the Mortal Kombat franchise. Um, and mayhem ensues. It's one of the the best action scenes I've seen in a while. Um, it, is is this how everybody expected the movie to start? Like, what was your impression when you, you sat there and saw this kind of unfold? I, I can go. Uh, I didn't want to watch the first seven minutes, so I did wait until the whole movie was out. And I was not expecting this at all. I mean, I wasn't with the mention of a new character being the lead. I was not expecting them to, to start off with one of, well, this whole series is epic antagonists against each other there's so many characters who just have senses the game's inception just they hate each other and they will always hate each other so to start with that one um was exciting because they didn't get much play in the the movies from the 90s yeah you're starting off with an epic feud between what would will be sub-zero and scorpion but those two iconic characters you're kind of starting at the genesis of why there's a feud between them the the only problem with start, starting so strong is like their uh, conflict is the strongest one. Like you don't even feel like the technically, I guess you know, losing Earth to Outer Realm would be, but we don't feel that. That's like we're told that. Whereas we see the absolute beginning and why particular that you know soon to be Scorpion would be like this guy sucks. You know, I it was cool, but it was also so, so such a strong opening that i don't know if it ever recaptures that yeah i i kind of uh i, I agree with that it, it's um i would say it's the best way to do one of these you know day one story these origin story things that you see throughout these kind of big franchise movies like oh yeah that's the character i love now now we get to see him from you know conception um this gets in and gets out it's seven minutes and and you already have established okay here's the feud between the two icons of, of this, you know, I don't want to keep saying franchise, but the two, the two icons, it's Sub-Zero and it's Scorpion. And you can kind of see where that starts. And the battle happens. Raiden pops in. So now we're full on into Mortal Kombat world. Um, it, it sets the scene perfectly. And, and Meg, I think you're right. It, it, I don't know if it ever reaches that high again, but what a sugar rush to get you into it. So just a, it's a total sugar rush, and I might be the crazy, psychotic person over here, but I think the movie was so amazing and insane and intense, I actually do think it's not a letdown after. I think the movie still retains that intensity throughout, and that's not disagreeing with what you guys are saying, that maybe the movie started off really strong, um, but I'm all about it, man. Like. This movie, this movie spoke to me in a very strange language. <laughs> Will you guys be surprised that I literally watched it top to bottom? I got up and like got some pretzels and then rewatched it again moments later. And I haven't done that with a movie in fucking forever. Like a movie, films I really, really love. It's like you watch it once. You're like, okay, yeah, that was awesome. This I watched twice in a row. It was insane. I I freaking love that. <laughs> like, I just I love that whole and the story in my head. I see uh, of Eric going like, just I just need to get some salt. Yeah, and I'm coming just, back. And then we, I love restarting, that. and then we can enjoy again. 
Yep. Yeah, no, because that's like, even if the movie didn't hit me on that level, I mean, I, I love when someone gets hits by a movie like that. Like all of a sudden like that, it's just, it's just exactly the movie you need at the right time. For sure. You know, Absolutely. and that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Um, Yeah. So it, it, it sets us up for that. It, we get our um quick, I, I think there's like a little interstitial there where it kind of tells you, you know, 200 years later or whatever it does. Right. Um, it does a quick, like there's a fight. And this is the 10th. There, there's, a right, com- there's a combat coming and it's a mortal one. One, two, three, go. Yeah. Which it, I, I'll take that to like me having to go through two or three scenes of explanation when technically most of the people watching this get already have the gist. So I'll, I'll appreciate yeah. that. Like, and now it's that movie you're watching. But it's a thing I love about this movie is that it doesn't take a bunch of time to go into exposition. You yeah. know, it, it it could have been long and drawn out kind of like, you know, some other nineties movies where, where they kind of stretch it out. This definitely has the feel of a, you know, high impact, fast paced nineties action movie, which I love about 150%. And I think that's where my like crazy love for it is that it does feel very much like a nineties film. I, I, I think I saw somewhere because a lot of people I talked to, whether personally or reviews I read, people are like, man, this would have been better as like a television series and we could spend time with Luke Kang and we could spend time with uh, Kung Lao and uh, so on and so forth. Melina, she gets her own episode. It could have been like The Mandalorian. This feels like too much of a <laughs> teaser or, or a trailer for like uh, another oh. film. And dude, I, I felt so, so refreshing because we have been so inundated with like these two and a half hour long blockbusters Mm. um, that are crazy CGI endings that are overblown with armies and chaos. And you're just kind of like, what the fuck are we doing people? This is insane. So this kind of had like maximal imagery and storytelling. And it was just like, we're going to do this under two hours. And even if it feels like we're in, you know, we're going really fast there's something to like appreciate about that where it's just, yeah, I'm being bombarded. Um, not to get too crazy. It almost felt like a silent film. Like have, has anyone seen hacks on witchcraft yes. through the ages where it's just like a bombardment of devil imagery and witches and skeletons playing the xylophone, just like crazy shit like that. And it just felt that unique where it's like, yeah, my senses are just being hit with here's sub zero. Here's Raiden. Holy shit. Here's a dragon that's made out of fire. I mean, um, and that I don't know. That felt really, really refreshing in this day and age, where it's just moving. And they such had a, a way. dinner scene that was punctuated by a laser blast. Like, yes, yes, he yes. Was, he was so happy. I have so many feelings about that scene, though, <laughs> that are negative. Like, I really do. Oh. I, I do because listen, really? uh, yeah. <laughs> I listen, Kano. Uh, he is an iconic character. He is very important. Um. My problem was, I think, with him is that it felt like he was the most, I'm using air quotes here, kind of likable character because of his kind of brashness, right, or comedic relief. And then he goes on a racist rant and gets rewarded with powers. So that just, (laughs) not, not, not feeling that. Like, I, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I could see where that'd be problematic can, for sure it's, it's, it's almost like the actor was too good at the likable part of likable asshole because i mean it. obviously that's how he's being written like 
Right, because like he set up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, no, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> well, no, like I, I would say, like obviously, like from the beginning, we're supposed to think like, oh, asshole. Like he's, a, you know, he's 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 shitty to Sonia. He's shitty to everybody. But like he keeps hitting this, like yeah, but he's where I'm getting the laughs. And I don't know, is that a script problem? Is that a hip problem? Is, am I broken? Maybe it's me. I think because <laughs> he is yeah. absolutely supposed to be a villain. He, he is one hundred percent a villain. Obviously, he turns on them, and also I, th- I think part of the problem is is that. Colt to me fell flat a little bit, right? There, like, I, I get his motivations, yeah, but like as yeah, a character, yeah. he just fell flat. Personally, I think they just, you know, they're trying to piggyback off of, oh, Scorpion's the most popular, you know, one of the most popular characters, and mm. here's his descendant, and that's trying to loop that in together. But as a character, for me, he just fell flat in all of this kind of otherworldly fantasy stuff that's happening. Sure. It- so yeah i i would agree with that because i think and and this is where i think don't get me wrong i do love this movie but i think this is where this this was my one issue with it is that cole um he's kind of supposed to be the audience right he's he's the entry point for everybody um but yeah he's he's real bland and like if he's a video game character he's the character in the tutorial that you're supposed to be practicing your moves on um yeah uh, he, here's not a great sign when i was like oh look at the end oh finally he's gonna go get johnny cage i'm more excited about the character we yeah. haven't met and i think it's hard i, th- I wish yeah. with mortal Kombat because you the character every character is mm, a, is a yeah. big you have a big roster of characters and even yeah. if you've just picked up one game and even though you know you have ninjas that are just literally different different colors, each one has a very yeah. distinct yeah. personality. And like you're saying, An elaborate, elaborate backstory. Oh, so elaborate. But like how you you know like you, you think, oh, I'm so excited for Johnny Cage. Well, yeah, he has a huge personality. And talk about being like a yeah. lovable asshole who kind of grows up. You know, like <laughs> like these are things where like even Sonia, where she's you know kind of she's dry because she's regimented in a way but there's something there and i yeah i was surprised because okay if you want an entry character that you have the things explained to johnny cage or make it sonia and jacks like discovering this it was weird to make a new character and like try to tie him to scorpion but obviously scorpion's more interesting and he doesn't seem to have scorpion's power like i was trying to figure out what was the besides like that like the the gold yellow color going coming through besides that that that's not a a power set that's not thematic power that would be a, like a, a family echo <laughs> it was just like oh and then you know i don't know also uh aesthetically his change was particularly I, interesting i don't want to get too far ahead but yeah i think uh, i it made me laugh his change his his superpower was i just get beat up better now um yeah which is almost an interesting <laughs> idea i almost like the idea of like what if you were a tank and could yeah. take it like you know but it didn't it, it didn't land visually for me or thematically so it kind of was a little yeah. flat unfortunately it should have been this big moment like holy crap and i was like oh, okay i think it was hard because <laughs> we watched him get his butt beat the entire movie yeah. and then 
I will like now we're really down the rabbit hole. Like when he's supposed to be like do it. when he's like trying do to, it. you know, he's like, you're going to go here. You're going to go here. Sir, you have ex- you have no leadership. I have not seen one drop of leadership come out of your mouth this entire movie. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Sonya Blade and Jax are taking like. <laughs> also, how does he know everyone's names all of a sudden? <laughs> he knew each of these villains' names to the point where Sonya was calling Melina that what pointy tooth. <laughs> I said Buckle knew all their names. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. All right. <laughs> He had sure. a lot of time to study those art pieces <laughs> at Raiden's Temple that were hanging on the wall. Yo, you're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Um, Somebody was reading. There's plenty of time Thank to you. bone up when you're just laying on your back. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's that or you're counting the lights. It's one of the two. Uh, so not to be a complete thorn in everyone's side, but I'm going to admit something. I kind of dug what they did with Cole Young, and I kind of have a take on him, a hot take for you all. No, no. You don't have to apologize, Eric. Bring it. it. Come on. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I love this cast. I love everyone. I like when they're in a room together. They have really good energy. I love, yeah, everyone that they picked. I mean, Jesus Christ, like, uh, I, I forget his how to pronounce his first name, but Mr. Sonata, who plays Scorpion, like that's so badass to get someone who's what sixty yeah. now. Like you're going to be Scorpion. Like what a interesting casting choice, and he he kills it. But um, so Louis Tan, who plays Cole Young, no offense to him because I actually think he has kind of this presence. He has those smoldering eyes, right? He's got he's got a presence to him. Um, I'm not going to say he doesn't smolder, oh, no, Eric. You, you've, you've won that <laughs> oh, point. Yeah, you've no, won it. This, there's a lot of smoldering going on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah. much smolder. So which, much. Which, that's a guy on a tangent. I wish Vanessa was here because she'd probably appreciate this, but Mortal Kombat. Uh, Come on, this whole cast. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Mo- Hands down. Uh, like Melina, Sonya, Nightira. Yeah, everyone. Shang Tsung. Like, everyone's got a good look to them. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere Vanessa bodies. just did a cartwheel and she has um, no idea why. <laughs> I love uh, that. But I think, yeah, going back to Cole Young, so Louis Tan, I think he's not batting as well as the other cast. He just, I don't think he's as, um, maybe it's his first feature film, maybe it's just being the lead in something. He clearly doesn't have it all that he needs to be like a star movie presence. Um, could be the script too. Uh, but what I will... Oh, sorry. Oh, no. I, I, just quick interjection. I, I think that the script doesn't do him any favors because all the other characters are so big. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Unless... So I, I don't want to throw that all on his feet because I think, yeah, part of it is he is the holding it back... Per, not even just holding it back, getting beat up person. Exactly. And it's hard, yeah, it's hard to be charming with a, like, a fist in your face all the time. Exactly. Um, and so I guess what I want to like point at or appreciate more is i typically hate the audience character or the pov character where it's like hey here's the ninja turtles we know you love them but we're gonna make this person the main character and you're like wait what are you doing or i don't know if you've seen hellboy the first hellboy like they completely fucked up and made like a human lead character that brings you into the world and it's like no we want to hang out with Hellboy, the agent character that's totally pointless 
totally pointless, is bland, is vanilla, and you're just like, eh, not interested. And they rectified that in Hellboy 2, where they're like, no, Hellboy's going to be the main character, and the, these, these uh, creatures are going to be the main character. So in this, it's kind of like, okay, why are they doing this? What I kind of appreciate is, one, I can see it from a screenwriter standpoint. You don't want to remake the 1995 right. film, right? I know the games have been, there's 11 games, there's been a cartoon, there's been a television series, there's been a web series. There's probably a little bit of a hesitant nature of like not wanting to just lift the first game and just be like, we're going to do Mortal Kombat 1 because maybe there's too much, what, how, what do you call it, too much set in stone where it's like Liu Kang's going to fight Shang Tsung and Liu Kang's going to win or Liu Kang's going to fight Prince Goro and win and that's how it's going to end. And maybe that doesn't allow for innovation in storytelling basically this is a long way of saying you have an audience character and they could have easily been like let's make him in high school and he's like a bumbling idiot but instead they're like no he's going to be a fighter because that's moral combat um on top of it he's going to become a moral combat character meaning getting these weapons and getting the cool outfit which i thought was cool by the way um and i think I don't know. I just found that super interesting to be like, we're going to have a character who doesn't know he's in a Mortal Kombat film, realize he's a Mortal Kombat film, and on top of that, become a Mortal Kombat character. To me, that really resonated in just an interesting way because he could have turned out bad at the end. He could have died. He could be good. You could do so much with that. Whereas if Liu Kang was our main character or Sonya Blade was our main character, you might feel a little bit handcuffed to potentially have their like destiny predestined for certain things to happen and you can't be like well Luke King's gonna be bad by the end of it or he's gonna die by the end of it or so on and so forth so in a weird way this is the first time I appreciated the POV character that's I didn't really think about that like that that was yeah no that makes sense um yeah I kind of feel bad for Duncan on him so much also I don't yeah I you should all feel bad I don't feel bad I respect <laughs> Eric's opinion but I do not feel bad <laughs> <laughs> i also thought it was heavy metal as hell to see like some dude fighting along with his 17th century ancestor to fight a common enemy at the end i'm like this is batshit insane like here's your ancestor you're fighting sub-zero with him also oh yeah and that was the other thing not only did cole young become a mortal combat character but his like place where he fights became a mortal combat level by the end of the film so like the environment and the character both transformed by the end of the film. I'm like, that's cool. I like that. I'll give you this. I, I do appreciate because I was uh, at one point going, okay, so like his like wife and kid are just kind of like, especially the wife, because the kid had some like um, dimension, you know, I like that they set that up, you know, like, okay, she's cool. She helps her dad. But like uh, the wife, I was like, oh, she does nothing. But then she took an ax to Goro's side after looking at this inhuman monster beating the shit out of her <laughs> husband. She's still like puts it together and is like, well, I'm going to ask this guy. And I'm like, good for, good for you. Still, good for I you. I still have one question. Why did she tell her child to get in the passenger seat of a car when she was driving into a monster? The Prince Goro. Tell me why. She's like, this is a great idea. Listen, okay, you want to make your child an orphan? Fine. Don't kill your child in the process. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes you just need you, you need a, a, a couple extra pounds to give it that force. <laughs> she needed the leverage. All right, kids, you ready? We're, Honey, you're we're gonna Thelma and Louise this motherfucker. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. So, okay, 
okay, so talking <laughs> when like, you when you've beaten Goro, you know you've made it. Listen, he's he's the guy, <laughs> and it's and it kills me because he's won nine. He he is Shang Tsung's champion, you know, and so sure. he's won nine out of the ten. But then you know you got Johnny Cage beating him. Now you got Cole Young beating him. You know you've made it when you beat Goro, like <laughs> <laughs> at like a vacation cabin. That's some shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of like uh, fighting levels, I'll tell you the the like when they do the whole like we're gonna separate out and, and fight, right? Mm-hmm. I I really liked the Sonya Blade Kano one because as much as like you know like some sort of hell level is it's like it, it seems a little boring where like having it in close quarters and basically a trailer it had a little bit of that, that was Kill exactly Bill 2 the vibe I got yeah, yeah. flavor to it, and then you get to you get to bring like toilet smashing into it. I'm in. I'm like, yeah. oh, they're going to the bathroom. I that was my favorite because it just had. Uh, I think you feel impact more because, like, oh, I know. I don't know what being thrown off a cliff in a hell dimension would feel like, but I know what it is to like bang your toe at home <laughs> or to slam again. And then I'm like, well, then that's worse. Ow, that's bad. <laughs> well, they did that throughout the entire film, where it was like, yeah, there was the Kano uh, Sonia fight that's in her house, and yeah, they're smashing up against the walls. Obviously, the Prince Goro fight is like in this dude's front yard in his tool shed, (laughs) which is like it's outside a lot, which I guess no neighbors, no neighbors. It's a very Spielberg thing, right? It's like, holy shit, there's now a Prince Goro in my backyard. (laughs) (laughs) This is on the window. Honey, I think they're having a problem next door. Close the window. We don't get royalty. It's royalty. Maybe he'll give us an autograph. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sub-Zero shows up when you're just trying to eat ice cream and french fries at like a diner and he's like in your city. I'm like, damn, dude, that's cool just to see this I do cat like walking the setup. down the street. Oh, like the little snowflakes? I was like, that's yeah. nice and eerie. Like, yeah. well, this isn't right. I did completely lose it in Scream um, like because I thought it was so funny when they're at the house and he just, just dramatically shows up in the window. I lost it. <laughs> yeah, I- so, yes. yes. Surprise. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> I feel like he was waiting to be noticed. Like he's got a bit of a dramatic side. Notice me. Yeah. Oh, he's full on got a dramatic side. That yeah. was the whole beginning of the movie. He was trying to be <laughs> as dramatic as possible there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sub Zero. Which that was something I wanted to point out, not to backtrack to the beginning of the movie, but I know this film in particular had a smaller budget, which I think allowed for a lot of innovation. That was unique, but it was around, say, $50 million because it's R rated. It's a, a big blockbuster film. They're not going to give it Avengers money, which those movies are what, 200 million, yeah. 300 million. So you have this roughly $50 million budget for this film. The opening scene where Bihan shows up, aka Sub Zero, instead of showing like all the guards being dispatched up front, instead shown from the kid's point of view and the mother, and you hear all the fighting outside, and then you see like the sword come through the door and blood streaks. And then he enters. And I'm like, they probably did that because they couldn't afford maybe a sequence where he's like taking out all the guards. And I actually prefer the version that they have where it's like, that's spooky and terrifying. Like, I like that. Hell yeah. Also, guards expensive. Yeah, you can't show all those guards fighting. Yeah. Whereas silhouettes are cheap. <laughs> so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I I I definitely think I if I had to guess that was a cost saving measure that ended up being much uh, more spooky and established this like unknowable force. Yeah, a- and also absolutely. kept us with the the wife and the son like that. We it put it put us in their shoes. 
right. which just helps with the empathy. Like, no, this is this is no, not cool. Yeah. Even if you put a baby in the floor, things are not going great. <laughs> that's a last. That's a last minute. That, that, that's not the choice you make first. Which, on top of that, too, so kind of uh, spinning off of the fifty million dollars and saving money. I know they shot this film probably entirely, or if not entirely, mostly in Australia. Um, so they are making Australia for Chicago, I think is where they're actually located in the beginning of the film before they go to Raiden's Temple. I love films. Like, have you seen The Frighteners oh, by yeah. Peter Jackson? That movie sh- that movie shot in New Zealand, but it's supposed to be California, and it totally looks like New Zealand, but it's so eerie because there's like American Cars and Michael J. Fox, and so... It has kind of an otherworldly quality to it. And I was getting those vibes here where when we were in Sonia Blade's house or when we were at Cole Young's house, I'm like, this doesn't feel like America, but that heightened strangest, like their yard was like all dirt and sand. I'm like, this feels like Australia, but I think it's supposed to be Chicago. This is amazing. I feel feel like there are more spiders here than should be. (laughs) Right. Right. There are no, there's a kangaroo just waiting in a lake outside, waiting to drown (laughs) to drown you. Oh, that's the neighbor. Oh, is that a kangaroo? No, that's Prince Goro. That's (laughs) I don't know. I think I'll take Goro. What's weirder? The the kangaroo in Lake Michigan. Kangaroo's got death in their eyes. Even that outdoor <laughs> restaurant where Sub Zero shows up and the snow's falling, I'm like, that doesn't feel like the U.S. And like it was like messy with my brain. It just something was slightly off. Where I'm like, oh yeah, because we're on Australia filming this. But I actually appreciate that. Whereas maybe someone's like, oh, that doesn't feel like the United States to me. Well, I like, yeah. yeah, it just adds kind of a heightened reality well, to the whole situation. It's outer realm soaking through, as we know from the original 1995 movie. It, it was starting to come over. Exactly. Exactly. That explains everything. But then when we do get to Raiden's Temple and Outworld and all these other places, because they were in Australia, they actually have really cool locations. <laughs> and they can, instead of doing these CGI backgrounds where it's like the same horseshit yeah. that we've seen a billion times, you become so numb to it. It's like, whoa, this is a cool lake by a mountain. This is a cool carving in the side of a cliff. Like, these are weird, unique landscapes. I mean, Luke Kang coming up over the hill with the sunset behind him or the sun rising. <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. This is incredible. <laughs> Can I just say, I appreciate <laughs> one of my no, favorite back. things about Liu Kang showing up there. Was it there that he said, he's like, I have been tasked with finding all the Earth Realms champions, but you let them all die. Were you like two steps behind <laughs> Sonya and Jax? What is happening? And how have you not reached out to them already? What is happening? <laughs> His plan was just to wait. I appreciate it was almost like kind of a yeah. get in losers, we're gonna fight energy. He's like, Oh, you finally showed up. Let's do this. Who are you? Where are you? What's happening? He's like, Come on. But that's it. He said that's a, that's what he does. He never said he was particularly good at it. <laughs> and that's the thing. <laughs> Raiden outsourced yeah. this to me, and I'm not happy about right. it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't wanna. Well, you're going to get out there and you're going to get the heroes. Okay, but I'm not doing I'm doing it half-assed. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Just kicking the sand. Got to go to Earth, these stupid Earth heroes. <laughs> so I hang out with my brother, do cool fire moves. Oh, yeah, him shooting the fire at Kano. I get it. We're not enemies. I just shot fire at you, though. Don't worry about it. <laughs> shot- <laughs> That's great. I mean business, okay? Okay. <laughs> He knew he was bad all along. He he had a, a sixth sense about him. 
I just want to set you on fire, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's my arcana. Or, yeah. yeah. I don't know how yeah. I feel about them doing that, per se. I still, you know, it's been days, and I, I still don't know how I feel about that, because Mortal Kombat is not only fantasy, but it's, it has elements of sci-fi, right? Because it gets to the point where we have, like, the, the Lin Kuei actually become... So, like cybernetic you have cybernetic um like sonia's wears bracers and that's where her power comes from and i'm not saying you know it needs to be exactly like the game i just mm-hmm. don't know sometimes how i feel i think what's cool about how the game is is that you know anybody can kind of take up the fight to for earth realm or whatever as opposed to this, where it's like, oh, you have to be kind of chosen and unlock it before you can do anything. You know, you can't just be a regular Joe Schmo. But here's the thing. If you yeah, didn't so- have that, you couldn't have cool training montage where you get your super secret magical powers. Which I love, that cool secret montage. <laughs> <laughs> All about it. All about if it. If you're going to have a, a fighting movie, also, you got to Sonya- have a montage. I mean, right? Yeah, absolutely. Even Rocky sec- has a montage. Their second act was a montage right. in this movie. It was insane. I'm like, I've, this almost feels borderline experimental. The whole second act of this movie is training. Borderline experimental. Training for the third act, and I'm here for it. Um, also, Sonya kills Kano and gets his dragon, and that felt borderline like uh, psychotic, where she's like smiling and happy. She's like, was, no, I, I get the dragon. I was good for I was like good for her. She felt good about yeah. that point. Yeah. I'm like she felt good yeah. about throwing and hitting him with his own knife when they were trying to kill reptile. So that oh. was a long time coming. Yeah. Like who knows what <laughs> kind of terrible banter she's had to put up with with yeah. him just being she's an true. absolute bear. So <laughs> true, and absolutely. I'll, normally, I'd be like, "Oh, and a gnome death is stupid," but in all honesty, they did that one part to set it up, and that's all I needed. Just mention that it exists before, jam it in his eye, smile like a maniac. I'm yep. like, there you go. Mwah. Yeah, <laughs> it was the only fight of, of like not uh, barring the whole Sub Zero uh, Scorpion family thing. It's the only fight that yeah. had any weight in that. Like the other people, just like we just met. <laughs> and this is crazy. I have to kick your ass. <laughs> call me, baby. And, and it kind of felt like too, uh, and and maybe the setup wasn't there in the beginning. But as we got further, right, she kept being told no. Uh, you know, like no, yeah. you can't do this. No, you can't yeah. do that. And then Melina stabbing her, and then you know, yeah. being being <laughs> Melina, and just like, oh, you're not worthy. Yeah. Like I, 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 I yeah. I think if they had set it up a little bit better on the front end like i think it paid off just fine but like her that was her yeah. arc yeah. you know like oh she yeah. is worthy the, the, <laughs> you know the thing is though i didn't as much as i like melina i almost feel like they didn't need her because they kept at first i thought oh no they have her there so the girls fight but then she did the whole you're not worthy but then when they're in like you know the white waiting room of fighting while they're like trying to decide who's gonna fight who i'm like why would sonia call out melina when obviously the answer is kano she doesn't even know right. that chick. <laughs> but Kano, her answer instantly should have been, let me kick Kano. Because she knows she can. Because she already did. Why would she give a crap? Oh, agreed. I, I got real upset at this. I'm like, no. Why are we wasting time pretending that it's not going to be Sonya and Kano? <laughs> right. And I need and, this. And like, I, I will say I'm happy that they use Melina. She's a fan favorite. People are like really horny for her, yeah. which... You do you. It's the monster girl thing. Yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> oh, I, we've been down this road. This seems similar to where we've yeah, gone exa- before. It's the monster girl thing. I get it. Like, 
<laughs> so I'm glad that they yeah, did use yeah. her. And I'm trying to think of like what other if they're trying to pick another girl who they like from the yeah, from the bad side who they could pick. They didn't want to. Yeah. They didn't want to burn through other characters either because you knew like this had to be characters you could lose. And then when you go for a sequel, still have some well, left. Well, here's the like, thing. It felt- she's a clone. Ooh, ooh. So she'll, <laughs> she's a clone. Boom, so she boom. can just come back. Because <laughs> she's a t- <laughs> the whole like a color, a sprite color swapped version of all the other ninja type ladies well i don't <laughs> then they came up with a reason i don't right? know why they'll why do all it the characters- i don't know how i don't think they'll do it actually in this like you know considering we get if we get sequels because i know they've signed up for i don't know like four more five more whatever <laughs> here's the thing yes so i don't know yeah. if we don't come back but <laughs> lena's whole thing is that she's katana's clone but she, that shanks on right. made because Shao Kahn, these are all names that I am just throwing around. <laughs> um, nah, nah. But, uh, it's lore. Yeah. So it's important she lore. is a clone of Katana, but she's mixed with, mixed with Tarkadan blood. So, you know, she's part like Baraka Her mom. with the Baraka. like knives yeah, yeah. and the teeth. That's why she's got the teeth. So she she's a clone so she and obviously you know pe- they've died so many times in the video games <laughs> people have little died. jars of her <laughs> they in more Kombat 11 they've gotten far enough where like literally they had to bring in such an elder god who manipulates time so now they're playing literally <laughs> with time which is never a good idea but <laughs> anyone can come back anyone can come back <laughs> Well, speaking of the villains in KP, you might be able to speak more to this. It seemed like they went with a lot of the more monstrous villains where it's like Melina, obviously, uh, she's kind of has those monster qualities. You have Goro, uh, Cabal's kind of insane looking. Um, Sub-Zero is obviously not a monster per se, but uh, Natara, right? They have her in it. I feel like they went with more of the creature-ish ones because uh, there are obviously other villains who are more human and looking... I guess Kano's maybe our most human yeah. of the villains. Yeah. And Cabal technically is a human. He's just in that contraption because he's been burned. So right. I, ap- I appreciate the, 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 how quickly they built up a little character for Cabal for the Kano thing. I appreciate the little like this bastard, but he's a bastard. I know we can manipulate. I like that little bit of little bit of story building. Like, why does he know about Kano? Because Kano did this to him. Yeah, we hate each Cabal other. Was- <laughs> I always appreciate that. Like he's he's an asshole, and I'm an asshole, and we know each other are assholes. So it's that lived-in world that you got, like in like Enter the Dragon and stuff, where everybody kind of had a little bit of notoriety about them. (laughs) They're all aware of each other. Like, oh yeah, I've seen you on the circuit. What is Mortal Kombat but a retelling? of enter the dragon like and it's <gasps> yeah wow you know maybe not not necessarily this movie but mortal Kombat. you you are going to an island for whatever reason it may be you know you want to reclaim your former glory you're trying to get revenge or you know whatever you have to fight the kumite, kumite. <laughs> you know i really love blood sport <laughs> so you know i just can't going on the list. It. <laughs> oh it has to bolo's in that too yeah. There's a direct yeah. connection. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sidetracking us with my Jean-Claude Van Damme stuff. And I, I got to work going. on that. I love keep Van Damme. <laughs> I was just watching yes. Art Target. He's caging in it with a mullet. Okay, I got to stop. <laughs> Put that on the list, though. We got to talk about hard. Do you guys want to hear Creole Wilford Brimley? Okay, I've said I said I think we're going to have to have a Van Damme month. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> this whole Van Damme month. <laughs> on Anomaly. Coming soon to Anomaly. 
Okay. Can you hear my smile? (laughs) Not over mine. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay. All right. Focus. Focus. Cabal was from Brooklyn, right? Like, Homeboy should have been a Ninja Turtle. That dude had such a cool voice and accent. <laughs> he takes it off as Raphael. Yeah, he he. Told, and I'm like, this is what's I kind like. of awesome about uh, uh, this movie in particular, but also Mortal Kombat as a franchise. Here's Cabal. He looks insane, and he's having a full on conversation. We don't get a backstory with like maybe a little bit through their interaction, but the movie's just like, no, here's this character, and you just have to accept it and i i appreciate that i'm glad we didn't see a backstory or be like how did he get into the costume and how did this happen it's like no here he is and he's insane and he talks like he's from brooklyn i loved it i agree with that completely i I love that they don't waste a lot of time with useless exposition it's just whatever the bare minimum we need to get ahead to the next thing is what we're going to get and that's that um i really appreciate that not that there's not room for exposition but not in this movie we got places to go. We got things to do. Um, we got to hang out with Mean Raiden, who's a grump the whole yeah, time. Yeah, he really did have I a bee in his body, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I just always think Call of him as like, well, no, like for me, I, I loved who they picked. I'm happy to see, you know, an Asian Raiden because he's literally like a thunder, you know, like an Asian thunder god. So <laughs> kind of, but I always think of Raiden as like, he is always in Earthrealm's business. Like he's always pushing the <laughs> limits of what he is and is not allowed to do. And he was to me, it was hands off kind of in this one. Like he was there, but he was like, I don't know, he didn't get to to do much. I want kind of like the same thing with Shang Tsung, huh. right? Like he was there. <laughs> we know that they hate each other, and we, you know, I don't know. Like, well, like a divorced dad who has the kids over for the weekend. And he's like, listen, I don't want to lay down the law. I've been working all week. You kids just take care of yourself. And then, you know, I'll feed you pizza in They're the two, evening. They're two, like, rival football coaches, you know? Like, yeah. it's kind of the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> like the Pee Wee League. Oh, I love Which, it. I mean, is, that, that's, is their relationship. <laughs> Basically, it's like Moranis and Ed O'Neill from Little Giants is what we're thinking of. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A hundred percent. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. <laughs> uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was Mortal Kombat 9 the, or the one that was just titled Mortal Kombat. I feel like Raiden and that was very stressed all the time. He was just too stressed. He's like late for things constantly. And it's like, dude, you you should have been here 10 minutes ago. What are you doing? Um, I also know there was like a time element to that video game. So maybe that had something to do with it. So I kind of appreciate the like Raiden didn't seem stressed in this one. He just seemed angry. But then at the end, he's like, oh, but I was doing this all by design. And this kind of helped you by being kind of a prick to everyone. So I was like, oh, man, I want to see more of angry Raiden because he's kind of fun. (laughs) He said he's that dad that withholds, you know, rewards until you earn it. Like he's he he's like he, everyone's just trying to please him and he stays cold. <laughs> I don't know, Raiden. I think that's just going to affect them later on in their careers and their lives. They're going to be talking to their therapist, go like, like Raiden never said he loved me. Like I think he loved me, but he never said the words. 
Also, what was he doing when all these people are getting murdered? <laughs> and he's like, at the end, he's like, I can make more new champions. Well, what? Why were you doing that? <laughs> you, waste, you wasted the ones you had before. Why is, why is there only a finite number of champions? What is happening here? I have questions. Well, the thing was, he needed D batteries, and he hadn't been able to get to the Walgreens to get them. <laughs> And we weren't going to see that. Like, there's, there's, that's not the important thing. So, you hear, you hear us, Raiden. We're not impressed. <laughs> Step it up. You got Liu Kang not Here's saving my... anybody. You're not picking. You're not picking replacements. What's, what's, you know? Can you only draft champions for so long? The draft time had closed. <laughs> Look, I, I have, I have a simple explanation for all this. This is the tenth tournament that's coming up, and this dude's been around for. Millions of years or whatever. I feel it. You know what I mean? I feel what he's going through where he's like, it is oh, going this back bullshit again. Exactly. Going back to the coach metaphor, this movie is very much like, ah oh, fuck, we're gonna lose this game. We're the bad news bears. Like yeah. this always happens. He's he's gonna drink a little bit. He's like, whatever, I'm not I'm not gonna be a part of this. Walter yeah. Matha. Yes, he's a total Walter, Walter Matha. Nick Nolte is where <laughs> version yeah. oh god damn it you guys get out there oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what is the, with yeah. the hat everything else is to say <laughs> he just has Raiden's hat on god damn ninja warrior you can't fight for piss uh. <laughs> I know he probably just assumes he's like fuck we're just gonna lose again whatever this is happen but maybe in the second one he's like wait a second okay these kids have something with their snazzy clothes and their dance moves he's, being, like, we can do this. he's feeling re- revitalized he's like we can keep outer world away from earth bro. we can do it <laughs> I believe yeah, in us. I was, really, I was really sleepwalking this last tournament. I gotta be honest. He was contractually obligated. I don't know if we can win, but we can sure as hell tie, kids. <laughs> it's like later seasons of American Idol. We just don't care. We just don't yeah. care anymore. Yeah, you've gone through all like the, the best of the best, and now you've just got the dregs. Yeah. Listen, you got uh, you know we just, we just, you got Kong Lao. Okay, he was a superstar. Kong Lao was great. Oh my god! Oh. Yeah, my Kung. my 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 beautiful boy. I love him because he was like sassy, but also like but with like that weight of like wisdom and knowledge, but also absolutely able to use a hat as like some sort of saw. Like he, he he's the whole package. Yeah, a hundred percent. He was amazing. It was very, very sad to get his, see his soul. Get I was like, you son of and a bitch. Just, the most charming character. Right? The most charming character. And everyone just watched oh, it happening. Yeah. They're just like, what? I will see. I was yelling. Somebody get in there. Come on, ref. I will say this. <laughs> I was watching an interview. <laughs> and <laughs> get in there. That's a five count, ref. <laughs> Oh God! Okay. Throw the flag! Throw the flag! I mean, technically, this whole movie they should have thrown the flag, right? Because Shang Tsung, because Shang Tsung is like taking out the competition before the season's even started. Ooh. He's like, <laughs> oh my God! He is the other coach who's like willing to use under <gasps> that son of a bitch. Which again, not to keep um, giving the the structure or the screenplay accolades, but I also think from a screenwriting point of view, someone sitting down being like, okay, how the fuck do we write this? Do we just do the tournament again? They show up to the island and they have these sanctioned fights. 
I think it is within character for Shang Tsung to be like, you know what? Before we get to the tournament, let's kill the competition. I'm like, oh, that's a cool, like, prequelish kind of thing to do. And it's so Shang Tsung, it's ridiculous because he's such a scam. Um, and, he's a scam. And I just, I enjoyed that um, that vibe it gave where it's like, oh, he's he's doing things so off the book, um, which, is, which is cool because, again, you're not, walking in that well-worn territory of maybe the first game or the first movie or the animated movie that came out recently called Scorpion's Revenge was very much a retelling of the first game. So I appreciate it being like, nah, I'm going to, let's not do the tournament. Let's kind of do this like prequel thing. I appreciate it. I think that. that was my favorite part of the whole thing is they were like, yeah, it's supposed to be a tournament movie, but fuck that. Let's see what we can do if we don't do the tournament. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a nice thing to do. Um, and it made it way more interesting because like you said before, you know, it wasn't, oh yeah, these are just structured fights until, you know, you get to the the white character select screen toward the end where everybody picks who they want to fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I agree, especially like Eric, you're saying they've retold it several times because even Mortal Kombat 2011, that video game was a retelling of the first three games. So mm-hmm. there was no, I think it was a refreshing way to say, okay, we're this is new, you know, we're kind of starting the story again and not treading old waters and you're not really able to jump ahead. So, Right. And if they do a sequel, say the next one comes up, okay, can this be the tournament? And maybe now, because we've had time to spend with Liu Kang and these certain characters, Sonya Blade, maybe we'll have a different relationship with them as they go through a normal tournament. Or maybe there won't even be a normal tournament. Maybe they'll like, jump over that and just have i think shang Tsung threatens armies and he's probably gonna go talk to shao khan about shit so who knows what they'll do but i think that- it should be doa style where they hang out <laughs> at the island and they're ch- and then anyone can call that the fight can happen at any time they could be say having a volleyball tournament and then Ooh, boom eric roberts <laughs> of course anyone saying boom at any time <laughs> eric roberts could show up is kind of a threat but like isn't that life yeah mortal Kombat would never have a volleyball game they've had a puzzle game volleyball game not their shtick <laughs> well I, I you know i can always hold out hope with the with the ball just do somebody's head oh, yeah but here's yeah. the thing you have characters with four arms yeah cheaters i mean goro's dead we'll bring shiva <laughs> shiva will be next <laughs> yeah and they have an argument whether if she counts for two players or they still have to say if the same Bump amount and said it and <laughs> yeah like listen this is this is by player number not by arm number she counts <laughs> it's another way to cheat i love it <laughs> We're never going to win that pizza tournament. Every now. new Mortal Kombat movie is just a different like sports tournament. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's different this tournaments volleyball. Like this next one is football and game oh soccer. Oh my god, it's gotta it's gotta be diving and someone will I, do the triple Lindy. I was It'll just thinking the crew tournament. It yes. just turns into one crazy summer. <laughs> I just like how we're just making them into dumb sports college oh, movies, and so it makes great. me happy. Love you can really insert these characters anywhere, really. All about it. Love it. <laughs> Megan, that's what fan fiction is for. <laughs> yeah, right. But here's the thing. I think we can join traditional movies and, and fanfic energy together and make I don't I don't know if it's good or bad, but it would be a thing and I love it. <laughs> All right. Can I I like what uh, the kids are doing out there. 
Keep keep going, kids. I know grown ass adults write fan fiction too, but I like the idea. The kids need to carry the KP. torch. <laughs> yeah, we're, t- we're Get tired. On it. We're tired. <laughs> uh, so speaking of small budgets and R-rated films and all of that good stuff, the third act of this film, or not even the third act, but the final set piece, the final fight, where it's Cole Young with now his cool snazzy sweater and his awesome weapons, which I never looked up the name for them, but I want some of those arm blades. Those are really, really cool. Th- um, they look like tonfas. Yeah, that's what they are. I think you're right. Uh, shows up to the arena that we saw him fighting in earlier where he got beat up, and it's completely frozen. Sub-Zero has uh, kidnapped his wife and child and froze them, very much what he did to uh, old Scorpion's wife and kid, but they're still somewhat alive. Uh, but they have this final fight, and what I loved about this is that, holy shit, for a, for a modern blockbuster, what a quaint fucking ending where it's three people (laughs) fighting two against one in like a cool setting that's not some crazy again it's not an army it's not spaceships it's not all this noise and insanity and it's like who am i following it's like okay i know the stakes here it's very simple in my head and it almost benefited them i don't know if you guys had this problem the new Star Wars that came out, episode nine, the ending almost felt like they had run out of money because the movie or run out of time with like CGI just because there was so much going on. There's space battle happening and then the personal fighting happening and lightsaber fighting happening. But it was such like a dreary like setting and it was dark huh. and muddy. It, 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 it's not worth my limited lifespan to get into a Star Wars <laughs> argument just because right. I, I've seen the discourse and, and but, but I what I Eric what I love is yeah I agree that because it is um not I don't say reduced ending but it goes back down to themes it's family it's a place where Cole has had so many defeats a Scorpion yeah. sees a reflection of what happened to him with like loved ones eyes so yeah oh no it had that last uh, fight had meaning which I think is why it uh it uh resonates where I, li- I like the last the, the last fight was fantastic so i'm like well here's what we've been building towards a giant tournament to save the world is great but this is something i can understand you know Absolutely. protect the family yeah. and the family line yeah absolutely. so i totally agree with you on that yeah and you can pick you can pick any blockbuster whether it's star wars or even any of the marvel films i just feel like they always whiff on the endings where it's like what in the flying fuck is going on and it's like not choreographed well and the cgi is so spotty so i appreciate it. it's like we are in a physical setting the lighting's yeah. beautiful it's a cool setting because it's frozen which is really unique and these three people are fighting and a lot of it feels mostly practical besides maybe the weapons or the special abilities with the fire so it's so it feels tactile and it doesn't feel like hey hurry it up cgi department we got to get those last couple of vfx shots because we got to get this to the theaters it felt like they had time to cut it just as well as they cut the opening sequence and i'm like oh man you just don't see that a lot i feel like i always have that problem where i'm watching a blockbuster and it's like oh 75 percent of the movie looks great but you could tell the ending was either Mm -hmm. reshot or rushed and the cgi they put the time and attention there which is really where you needed it to you really need like I, I do appreciate, you know, a film that ends well. Yeah. Well, and let's I mean, say at the at the heart of this, right, it's it's an action. It's a martial art film. And you, they yeah. casted people who are martial artists, right, as their main <laughs> yeah. right, people. You, so you're you're getting really talented people who can do the work very well. Yeah. So it, 
<clears throat> you're able to kind of focus on those skills that don't require CGI as much. Yeah. Or editing the hell around it where you can tell they had to edit every shot. Yeah. You can have a whole a scene where you see the entire action and it's just super uh it just feels good. You're like, oh, the foot starts here and it goes around. It goes, I understand physically what happened and it's awesome. Right. Yeah. And, and it's it's fantastic. I mean, I, you know, uh, a lot of these guys, I mean, Joe Taslam is like absolutely fantastic mm. and like so talented. Um, but even um, Max, who played Kung Lao, he was on Jackie Chan's mm. stunt team for 10 years. So these are all people who know their stuff and are able to do the work involved. And so the director's able to capture that. Yeah. Well, and Absolutely. rely upon them to work to either choreograph or work with the choreo, you know, choreograph to make it do what it needs to do and make the best kind of product. Agreed. Yeah. Joe Taslam. Holy fucking shit, man. Like what a great sub zero. What a great presence to make him just a complete like wraith and badass and just he was terrifying. I don't know if that's a quality he has in the video games. I've only played a handful of the video games for all combat, but it just seemed such a cool energy to give him where he was uh relentless and scary. So what's great like is there are technically Sub Zero's a title. So <clears throat> As Bihan, he is the first Sub Zero who does die because Scorpion kills him. Um, in the video game, it's not um, Bihan didn't actually kill Scorpion's family. Somebody made it look that way. I can't remember if I think it's Quan Chi, but anywho. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's great from this in terms of me saying, like, oh, well, you know, you can bring anybody back. Well, what happens to Bihan in the games is is that he turns into noob sabat so he'll come back and then his younger brother be- takes the mantle of sub-zero so um he continue he can continue to be like that horrifying wraith that comes back and continues to you know be on the side of evil and scare the crap out of everybody so we need 10 more films then right i'm down let's do it i'll tell you like, like nothing else. I said, like, I, 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 I like this film. For me, it wasn't perfect or anything, but I liked it, and I would love to see where they go. Like, one of the things that this movie shows, like, I would love to see them do this Mortal Kombat, and and bring in a few more and characters and and see where it goes. I'm excited for that. Absolutely. Um, can I go on my? Was this my tenth rant about the budget and? How Absolutely. rough this movie was. <laughs> Eric, it's, it's not a rant. It's passion. Yes. You're a passionate cinephile. Here's my other passion about. Thank you. I appreciate that, <laughs> Megan. Um, I, I got. We're all. We're, we're doing a film podcast. Nobody can call anybody anything. <laughs> it's true. All right. Here's my rant. Um. Again, another quality that's great about it being fifty million dollars, a lower budget blockbuster. Um. Where maybe they had to not cut corners, but move quickly. Shooting in Australia. Yada yada yada. Uh, I noticed it wasn't always perfect edits, and sometimes 
even the continuity was off. Like one point, Coles has his hands in his pockets, and then it cuts back to him, and he's cross armed, and like things like I never noticed continuity. It's just so out of my mind. And this way, I was noticing it all the time, and when it was not perfect. But again, going back to the modern blockbuster thing, movies have such crazy budgets. The editing, the sound, the color correction script supervisor, everyone's getting paid to make sure everything looks so amazing, so perfect. It starts to get so smoothed over and the soul of the movie and the character of a movie, you start to lose that. And so what I really appreciate with this is that it felt a little rough around the edges in a lot of places. And I like that. I just, you don't see that a lot with films just because movies are so micromanaged and they have all the best uh, technology and things to make everything right. So again, I know that's a weird way to say, hey, it has blemishes. You're still beautiful, kid. Like, I, I like that about this world combat. <laughs> I feel like that's probably yeah. what makes it... Yeah, it's beautifully exactly. put. I think that's really what makes it feel like one of those 90s action movies that we all love so much. It... it Nobody can ever argue that, you know, going back to Van Damme, nobody can ever argue that Bloodsport was an immaculately shot and edited movie. You know what I mean? No, nobody can ever say su- Sudden Death was, <laughs> you know, a marvel of modern filmmaking. It kicks ass, but it wasn't, you know, pristinely shot and, and edited to an inch of its life and you know, it, yeah. the the fight scenes aren't intercut, so everything's like three and a half frames, so you get kind of like that motion sickness thing. Um, this has that same vibe, and I think that's maybe why it shares that, is that it's not afraid to do that. Oh. Or, to your point, they just didn't have the money to make it like that. I'm nervous that, you know, Mortal Kombat 2, they'll throw another $100 million at it. and yeah. you know, Should we focus on defunding yes. films? I, mean, I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is anomaly. amazing. We'll defund your defunding film. Defunding certain films and giving it to independent <laughs> films. <Yeah>. Like <laughs> There you go. Like <laughs> genre <Yeah>. Robin Hoods. <laughs> the, the temp- Listen, Vanessa. <laughs> go ahead, the, man. The temptation is gonna be there for Mortal Kombat 2. They have like a full-on Helms Deep fight scene, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah. here's the thing. This is going to be a heist. You know, we've been planning for it. We have to hack yes. into their bank. Yes. <laughs> for their own good. We leave a note. This is for your own good. You have to rely on grit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. You're dry. Yeah, I have heart and exactly. grit. Grit and moxie is all you got. And Matt That's how will... you're going to win this soccer game. <laughs> Matt will make sure to edit this part out of yep. the podcast. Yeah. But oh, yes, oh, God, we you're are... Thank you, Eric. Yes. But yes, we are going to rob Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> yeah, because we love them. It's out of love. Out of love for them. Uh, what we'll do is like, oh, Mortal Kombat 2, a $100 million budget? Do you guys really need a hundred? Let's take it. We've been activated. Yeah. <laughs> you could do it. Are, are you sure you don't want to back to the future it and just make Mortal Kombat 2 and 3 back to back and spend 50 on each? Ooh, there. there you go. There you Psychological. go. Guarantee us two more and get the most bang for your buck. Yeah, there we go. And also limits the, the chance of people being recasted. <laughs> you gotta, oh. you gotta work quick, everybody. Work quick. Work smarter, not harder. Again, going back to that smaller budget, another thing it created was a lot of the names in this movie aren't really names, right? Obviously, there are some bigger actors. Uh, gentleman who played scorpion we've seen him before in films and um but i think i like that too where it's not they don't have 200 million dollars to be like all right let's get chris pratt to be the main character or something insane 
as much as people have been maybe like um, ragging on Louis Tan, I don't want to see him replaced or I don't want to see him killed. I want to see him again in a movie. I want to see Cole Young again and I want to see Kung Lao come back to life somehow and I want to yes, see Sonya Blade. That's the like, most important thing. The most important thing. They got to cast, as KP said, martial artists and people who weren't really names because they probably only had to pay them, you know, minimum sag wage for it. But that gives your movie like a coolness factor where it's like, yes, it's not these names and people who are like vying for the spotlight and taking away from the ensemble. That said, if we see The Miz as Johnny Cage in this next movie, so help me God. People were saying, um, people were saying Ryan Reynolds. I'm like, can you stop Stop just casting that man and everything? Just stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Stop. I have no problem with him, but you need to stop this right exactly. now. Exactly. You know Please. <laughs> don't, don't dilute the Reynolds. Maybe I would prefer The Miz over my Ryan Metal Reynolds. Right. Ryan Reynolds. Matt, uh, explain to me. Who's um, The Miz? He's a, a professional wrestler. He's uh, He was on The Real World. One of the, what was it? Real World New York Part 2. Mike yep. Mizanin. He's a problematic human being sometimes, but um, he looks just like Johnny Cage, basically. Because that's what he wanted his gimmick to be. Well, right now he does. Do we do we need to take care of this? Is this part of the trip? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm a cinephile and a movie lover, and what needs to be done will be done. It's not me. I speak for the spirit of movies, officer. <laughs> As I stand in the in addressing the court, once I'm caught for my crimes, <laughs> they were art crimes. I'll allow it. Matt, yep. cut this Thank out. You. <laughs> Bye, I love. Cut this. It's as good as gone. Okay, sincerely, sincerely, cut this. Out. Yeah. <laughs> if I hear this over the speakers in the courtroom, I am lunging for you. <laughs> you, no, you no, no, Matt needs to be cut out. You're just incriminating yourself more. I'm so surprised. Did you get a nap in today? I'm worried. You- <laughs> oh no. Okay, okay. I just had to take down the podcasting network one. one down. Okay. So, List oh, is getting yeah, very it's like long. you're creating a lot of extra work for yourself. It's not good. <laughs> Damn it. But because I'm honest in my crime. Oh. Not crime. Oh crap. I need another. I, you know what? You know, let's just not release this podcast. <laughs> Megan's just gonna drive to your house, Matt, and delete the file. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's just do this the easy it's, way, bro. It's in the cloud. <laughs> I, I have no control over it. Okay. It's very, okay, so it's very Mortal Kombat appropriate. Megan's kind of Shang uh-huh. song right now, and she's going to eliminate oh. any threat to to the movie. Oh, Eric, thank you. I, I I could be the villain. I could. Am I taking the wrong lesson from this again? Yes. By the way, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Fan, fan casting for Johnny Cage is Scott Atkins, and I am right behind that. That would be awesome. Is anybody familiar with Scott mm, Atkins? No. Um, he is a direct-to-video. The name sounds familiar. I need to see the yeah. face. He is a direct-to-video action god, basically, right now. Um, he puts out a couple movies a year, and they're all Oh, I think I've seen this um, dude. Undisputed 4 is kind of where he started bubbling up to the top but yeah um he puts out a couple every year that are really really good he he's he'd be an interesting person to cast in that and he'd be a good kind of um 
foil for Joe Taslim. Wow, his IMDb is wild. I'm trying to think who Johnny Cage's like nemesis is. Yeah, nothing comes to mind off the top of my head. I mean, now in the timeline, they're so old that him and Sonya have like a 20 plus year old kid. So, yeah. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like their divorce. I just thought about my mortality. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) oh, well, of course, divorced. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't believe it if they weren't divorced. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're that. They're like that couple that you always see in movies, right? Where it's like, you know, he's a. They they have no business being together, but they just have yeah, chemistry, no. and it's like, yeah, you were destined to burn. Yeah. Like you, <laughs> you. I love to watch it. I love to watch it, but we know this is not a happily ever after. <laughs> but you had a kid, so now you have to be in each other's lives. I love it. Mwah. So, do we need an actor that we think would be a good pairing with who they have for Sonia Blade currently? Like, who would have the most steaming chemistry? I suppose. If they go that route, then yes. If they decide not to pick that up, then yeah. Like, (laughs) I think it, yeah, because they're foils to one another. He just gets under her skin because she's so uptight and serious, and he's, you know, I mean, he's just ego driven. I mean, he's Johnny Cage. That's all you have to say. They got to work in the autograph, though. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> like a finishing movie, just a picture of him with an autograph. I'm like, mm-hmm. now he has a little action figure mm-hmm. of himself. Like, if you look up more Kami 11, <gasps> it's good stuff. Adorable. Yeah. Oh, buddy. You're getting in on that merchandise. <laughs> not love Jackie. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. See, he knows what he's doing. You know, which, by the way, <laughs> I think we had predicted that this movie, or maybe I predicted, I don't want to place his blame on anyone else in this podcast, but. <laughs> I was curious. Uh, yeah, exactly. I was curious how horny this movie was going to be. Um, I don't know if it was any. I don't know if no. it had a horniness level. And me, obviously, I'm looking at the cast and I'm like, okay, these are good-looking fucking people. But within the movie itself, I don't know if there may be between. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. No, I think this movie was bring your own horny. <laughs> right. Like we will provide the puppets, and yeah. you just yeah. you right, run yeah. wild with your own yeah. imagination because. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we know you got this. You got this. Speaking of fanfic, we don't yeah. have to write it. It will be written. To quote Gavin Rossdale, there's, there's no sex in your violence. Yeah. So. Oh, oh there God. you go. Listen, it's got it all, right? You have very attractive people, like Eric said. You've got monster people, so you you, you got you can pick that there, like something for everybody. Yeah. What a, what about that old coach, who, or not the coach, like the ref with the really crazy accent? It's like, it's like Cole, you washed bucks. up, you washed, washed up. up. Yeah, I was like, jeez. <laughs> uh, Cole's support would, system is worrisome. I saw that guy, and I was like, I know that guy. I know I've seen him in other movies. I don't think I have. I've just seen that guy in other movies, like that character, and I just like. Yeah. Yeah. You know. He ruined the horniness. I think he kind of sucked the horniness out of the film. You know, he put a kibosh on it. He's like, "We're not that kind of film, kid. We're not, you're not getting that." Some s- sort of horny sponge. You know, like yeah. when you need to get like the dampness out of your basement. It's that bucket of stuff. And he's that bucket of stuff. And, and I guess you know what I thought. I just had, which is a terrible one, probably. So run with me on this. The 1995 movie that was pg-13 right 
So they couldn't show right. the violence. So you had to use your imagination. And I only bring this up because there was a TikTok going around and it was like movie scenes that aren't gay that made you gay. And the one that immediately popped in my head is Sonya Blade <laughs> killing Kano. Like, <laughs> you know, and it's <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I'm with you, immediately KP. pops into my head. But you have to use your imagination there as to what's happening. Meanwhile, this movie, which surprised we haven't talked about it yet, but the fatale, like, the fatalities are just so gruesome, right? So maybe that also <laughs> takes you out of it a little bit where you're just like, cool. Like, <laughs> Natara just got <laughs> split in hell. Yeah, like, Natara, like, like, Kung Lao covered in blood because he just killed Natara with his hat or, you know, Melina getting literally a hole blasted through her intestines. Like, just... <laughs> so, so the graphic violence is a bit of a boner killer. <laughs> I am, I am glad it's that because it takes a very certain specific kind of person to be like, nope, still turgid after all that. <laughs> but you know what? Hey, hey, hey! We, we, you know, you know, uh, we don't, no, we don't keep well, here. No, we here, don't. Here, but uh, I've I'm, seen a lot of terrible things. Here's, <laughs> Go ahead, here's, man. <laughs> I, like, like. What? I, that's the bonus episode. Again, that's the uh, right, I don't right, right, mean right, right, to kink right. shame, but I feel like you're heading down a a, a, a very Gacy esque path. No, it's it's the it's, <laughs> if, oh no. Listen, God. if we want if we want to go this route, it's the I've had to go look up for this podcast fan fiction for, for and, and, you know House of Wax and stumbled upon the slasher fandom. Yeah. So I've seen some things yeah. like that's it where people <laughs> people are romanticizing or sexualizing whatever you know like Jason and Freddie and Chucky and and the brothers from House of Wax. So like. It is, oh, and we can't forget Leatherface. So, like, I've stumbled <laughs> over a cliff <laughs> right into something that I do not understand, appreciate the the passion, and then, you know, just had to claw my way back out. So, yeah. and, and we, we thank you for your service on that. Um, yeah. Thank, thank you, KP. And also, I'm sorry, KP. <laughs> but yeah, the the person that's like, hmm, yeah, that's a good time when they see uh, Natara get split stem to stern. Um, <laughs> oh my god! I, again, not not to kink shame, but um, no, KP KP was a hundred percent right when she brought up Sonia Blade from 1995. <laughs> Yes, I remember that moment too, and I'm like, "Am I going to marry this yep. woman? What is mm-hmm. going on? This is amazing." Um, I yeah, love no, that, that so much. <laughs> that that was a moment that just confirmed that every teenager was alive at that moment. <laughs> right, right. It, it, you know, it, it, uh, I, do oh, we? Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm just saying. We, I think we need to do a bonus episode about like what's where's the line? At what point, like like horny violence, horny violence, horny violence? Oh no! <laughs> I just thought about I get I can actually die. Like there's got to be a point. Is the same for everyone, or do we all have a chart we don't know? About? It is not the same for no, everyone. I can not. tell you that. <laughs> you know, not even close. I, and then there's the anonymous is, list is, and the public list. <laughs> Yeah, this is oh some sort of weird astrology. Now I feel like I have to know what this is for me. I feel like it's important knowledge. You need I to feel know like what you're going to put is. it on a scale like the, the Kinsey scale. You just rename it the the Kaufman scale, and it's just Lloyd Kaufman's. You know, fr- from oh, one God. end to the other. Well, then none. 
<laughs> Megan, I don't engage with this list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. This whole yep. episode cut. Yeah, but this whole end half, yeah, was is was perfect. In fact, this end half should just be the podcast. Drop them in, drop them in cold. Is, they're like, wait, what? This Where is what happens with this podcast. We get into the back forty, and things get real fucking weird. Um, <laughs> the masks yeah. drop you, you every can, yeah. time. I just I get about a half hour in me before I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm done pretending. Like Scorpion, yeah. this is me. Like Scorpion, I want you to read my <laughs> lips, and so I take the mask off. And the mask <laughs> okay, off. I lost it when he's like specifically speaking Japanese to Cole, who has no clue. No, he's, like, <laughs> he's like from Chicago, it's right? The vibe. Cold it's the know. vibe. He's like, I understand, sir. Like, I got you, Grandpa. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or he's just like nodding, like, I don't know what to do in this situation, so I'm going to, yes, yes, whatever you're saying, absolutely, we got to get out of here. Like, he did not murder oh, me or my family. We murdered one guy yeah. together, so we are bonded <laughs> so by <very> that. Cool. <laughs> I love that. I love that rationale. It's just like, okay, yeah, he's talking to me, but homie helped me kill this dude, so we're cool. See you later, ancestor. This is great. Yep. So, I, I think it's getting to be time. <laughs> time to hit the old dusty to, trail. Uh, yeah, well, send the tower. Who's everyone's... Who's ev- oh, I like that. Who's everyone's Mortal Kombat character? Ooh. Oh. So, the last time I really was invested in Mortal Kombat, uh, outside of picking up Eleven, it was Mortal Kombat Deception. Um, I just like that format of the storytelling, which now they've adopted, where you get to play through a story and switch the characters. And that was Ermac, who is not in this. And is also, Ooh. you know, he was created because of an an error. <laughs> I can't tell you how much love I love, love how it. many Mortal Kombat characters are just either they fuck something up or it was just something they were using when they were putting the game <laughs> together. They're like, yeah, that looks cool. Love that'll Ermac. save us Good memory. Choice. Noob Sabot. <laughs> and he, <Meat>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with Sub-Zero. He was always my dude. I'm, I'm a Scorpion guy. Nice. We're going to have to fight, Matt. I was then we'll always become the, friends. Yeah, I was like, oh, look, girls. So it was either Sonya or Katana. <laughs> I was very much the, oh, girl character. I used do, to be do, really do, do, do. good Listen, with I, Shiva. Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, here's the thing. I'm the person who would uh, willingly play Dazzler. So that's where we're at. Listen, nothing but respect for Dazzler. I was literally thinking about her today Hells because yeah. Jesse Ware just dropped a new disco track. And I'm like, this just makes me feel like Dazzler. But her powers are... Where's her movie? <laughs> and I want, like, 70s disco Dazzler. Like, Allison is, a ro- yes! Allison is a roller derby chick now, which I do love. But, like, come on. <laughs> no, it's got it's to be Dazzler. Like, I feel like the mutant powers barely are in it like it's more about like navigating stardom <laughs> and starting getting a number one hit single oh and occasionally fighting this sounds like, like a WB villains show. This sounds like this the cw <laughs> oh cool okay let me uh, send my spec yeah. script <laughs> this, this is the cw yeah like matt you dated yourself yeah. there for one second not by much <laughs> oh, you're right that was a slip <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, I instantly recognized. Oh yeah, the WB. 
The, we all, yeah, all guys here knew what you were talking about, but the guy at the beginning <laughs> of the sh- what is it? The yeah. CW now? It's the or? CW. Yeah, it's where Riverdale is, yeah. and the dark, gritty right. Powerpuff Girls remake is going to be. And uh, Ooh. Yeah. they got Nancy Drew on digression. There too? The, the Superman and Lois show is actually fun. Great. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's, it's good. They do have some good stuff. I liked, um, which I need to get caught up. I loved Black Lightning. I heard that was good too. I haven't seen any of it yet. Um, Fantastic. So that's going to get cut out. Megan, (laughs) Megan, good on you for going with Katana or saying that you'd pick Katana, which I'm excited. I'm excited they'll bring her into the sequel. I want to see those fans going. Yeah, we saw a fan in the artifacts. Yeah. But messing with my head. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we're gonna no, no, that's okay. I can wait. I I really appreciate, but not more than right. one more movie. But I I appreciate <laughs> that they came into this and and did that thing that that so many movies do, but don't get to continue. They're like, oh no, we'll make another couple of these, so it's fine. We'll just leave these people on the table. We'll leave this stuff on the table and just wink at it. They're actually going to get to mm-hmm. do it. I think. Yeah, That'll and be, there's it's. Oh, sorry. I was going to say was there's this great game called Shaolin Monks, I think. KP, yep. you can correct me. But I remember playing that in high school, and it was just Kung Lao and Liu Kang, and it was a two-player game. And you play through this story mode where you just go through and beat up people. Give me a Shaolin Monks movie. I'd be Kung Lao, Liu Kang, messing up people. That was the one that was I'm kind down. of like Final Fight, right? Or Streets of Rage? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That looked fun. Yeah, Mortal Kombat's been around long enough to be able to do some pretty fun stuff, because they also had one, I think I had on Super Nintendo, that was just Sub-Zero Story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, or maybe it was N64, but anywho, they've been around long enough to be able to do some fun stuff. And now they're at the point where you got Rambo, Terminator, and RoboCop. You can play and blow people so up. Weird. Yeah, Pete, Eric, <laughs> did you see that? Peter Weller is actually doing RoboCop. For Mortal Kombat, another no, wait, no another in, movie? Robo, in Mortal Kombat 11, he's Mortal one of Kombat. the DLC characters, and Peter Weller came back to do the voice. Oh, that is so rad! I know, get, I know, uh, Robocop was in it, but I didn't know he voiced him. That's hey, so get cool. that sweet voice yeah. work. You know, he's like, no one's got to like glue plastic shit to me, and he, I get a paycheck. He can that dial was, in from yes. Syracuse, which is awesome. I. Yeah. Oh God. Was it was it uh, medieval art? Yeah, what was he, he a he's, professor of? Yeah, it he's was an something nuts. So like, I love oh, it. Yeah. I love it so much. Like, where's our movie about like what Peter Weller's actually up recall, and doing right now? One of my brother's friends right. went on a dig with him at one point. Like, it was like his class trip. It was what? How was do you going focus? with Peter Weller on an archaeological <laughs> dig? And I was like, holy shit! Oh, I knew it. Fine. I would be like, I knew it. I'm a Hong Kong Cavalier. I'm a Hong Kong Cavalier. I knew it if I believed, if I really, really believed. God, he'd be so annoyed. I knew Buckaroo Bonsai was real. That's all I would talk to him about. <laughs> right? He, he would hate me. Oh, my God. But I'd be grinning like an idiot the entire time. I know you got to pretend for everybody else. I got you, Buckaroo. <laughs> Wink. Why am I being escorted out of a dig? I'm never going to get my credits now. Damn you, Buckaroo Bonsai. Never. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I don't know why this just made me think of this, but another thing I appreciate about the movie, I know Kano's kind of taking the piss out of the movie. He's the character who's kind of being uh 
putting in pop culture and being like, whoa, do we all get superpowers? And he's saying all like the zany lines and the quips and shit. But I appreciate the level of sincerity the movie has to be like, no, we're going to take this fairly serious. In fact, the main character is not going to be too quippy. He's not going to be a Robert Downey Jr. Uh, It's a quality I appreciate in movies like Speed Racer or Jupiter Ascending, where they're kind of fantastical, which of course I missed the Jupiter Ascending podcast, but that's that fantasy action, right? Where it's like, we're going to treat this pretty damn serious and yes there'll be lightness to it and jokes but for the most part we're going to treat the material you know as is so i like that quality about this new moral combat where it's like yeah cole young isn't always being a smart ass the entire movie um and maybe that's his detriment because people are like hey he's a little cold and he doesn't have a character but i i like just okay we're going to play this pretty uh straight in a sense it's it's gonna be we're we're gonna take it as serious as it needs to be taken while still having fun and i like that it's a it's a throwback yeah i i agree with that completely and i I think that's a a good way to kind of pull it together um thank you eric we don't yeah we don't always have to be ironic assholes yeah no it's good to have somebody to to root for who's honest right <laughs> like we're all yeah. like yeah. i guess no i agree <laughs> listen no. i killed the mood no, 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 i just no. killed no, the no, no. Mood. I, you were doing no, a good you're... thing i think you're saying something really yeah. important that's true right because i i feel yes. like with a lot of the big blockbuster movies right now you have to somebody's always kind of sarcastic and it's good to have somebody who's earnest right, right. i mean there's all different types of protagonists yeah. and so the more that we're subjected to these other people reluctant hero things like that it's 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 good storytelling so that we're not just getting bombarded by like a Kano who's like, I'm just here and I'm a jackass. And isn't it funny? Ha ha ha. And it's like, buddy, there, there's no heart to it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's probably better for us in general. I mean, there's, I, 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 I like Deadpool, but there's too much Deadpool right now. Everyone thinks you need to be Deadpool when there's only yeah. one Deadpool for a, a fucking reason. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like there's there's a reason why you have a Deadpool. And uh, oh yeah, no, I I appreciate and and fully support the emergence of uh earnest heroes again. <laughs> we yeah, need them. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you don't have him being like I didn't choose my name. I'm Ant-Man and I didn't choose my name or just some horse shit where it's like, dude, why are you kick, why are you punching down on yourself? Like, just say you're Ant-Man and get on with it. Like, you don't care. Um, sorry. No, I, no. I know I sound bitter. I just, the quips, man. The That's quips. It. I mean, I'll fight you on Ant-Man, but that'll be another yeah. episode for I love Ant-Man. Oh, oh sure, and sure. The, the I love Ant-Man The shared parenting too. situation that it explores in a lovely and mature manner. Ant-Man and the Wasp is great. Oh, God. What a way to treat a villain. Marvel needs to take more cues from the way they treated, what's her name, Ghost in that one? Because they they keep making messes of all sorts of that in every other movie and TV show that they've got. Yeah. Plus, the Baba Yaga line kills me every time. (laughs) She disappears. (laughs) It's like, Baba Yaga. I love it. I love Louise. Oh, my God. I just want to have him in a show where he's just trying to run a business where his partner keeps, like, being caught by the government and put in the raft. And then what's he supposed to do? Pull it all together. (laughs) But they can't afford Entenmann's. That's expensive. (laughs) I feel him so much. I feel like his anxiety hits mine. And I'm like, oh, no, please just give him a break. I'm sorry. Went on a tangent there. I'm very and, concerned and about that's my Mortal boy. Kombat. He he needs and a break. That's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> he needs a break. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel like at the last pep talk that would it was 
discuss that. It's like you're, the podcast kind of like ramble a bit and they go crazy. And I love this. Like, there's no way to direct this shit. It's amazing. Because I feel my brain literally frying right now. And I'm like, Matt, get us out of here. But then I'll bring up something stupid. That's We're it. back in it, uh, baby. <laughs> Ourselves Here's what every I'm going to tell you: We are approaching the runtime of the actual movie, as as is our want on this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but that's it. We win, then, right? Yeah. That's what that's that's it. Is exactly. this like a win situation? Do I misunderstand nope, podcast? Earthrealm won. Earthrealm wins. We beat. It was. <laughs> yes. We came in. You know, we were Earth champions, and we just yes. closed that bell. Okay, Outer Realm's not going to come and yes. take over for you know tournament number ten. Yeah. Didn't happen. <laughs> Yes, KT. Yes. Bravo. We're the heroes, we'll see them really. when it, the cycle starts again in badminton round. That's right. <laughs> <gasps> oh, I just want to be an anime, a sports anime. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Um, yeah, I can't really say it better than that. Um, so, yeah, this is this has been the Anomaly Presents podcast. Anomaly Presents Mortal Kombat uh, 2021. All the fatalities and all the digressions. This is what you get, folks. Um, <laughs> you know what else you get is a film festival. Do you like these shenanigans? Come hang out with us for four days this fall, November 4th through 7th in beautiful Rochester, New York, in person at a to-be-disclosed location. We're being real secretive about it because it's going to be great. Uh, no, that's not true. It's just that there's going to be an announcement probably soon. Um, yeah, but... We are super looking forward to it. It's our third year, the 3D year. We're saying that because more than likely we'll be in person. You can see us. We're going to be in all dimensions, you know, including time, space, height, width, smell. It's all going to be represented at the Anomaly Film Festival this year, November 4th through 7th, 2021. You should join us. Go go to AnomalyFilmFest.com. Join the us. payment fee may or may not be your soul. It's <laughs> we have some really cool Shang Tsung branded Capri Sun straws, and when you come in, exactly. Oh, hey, hey, hell yeah. hey. and this is how we win. <laughs> it only Cut pinches for a out. second. I'm. <laughs> oh oh god! So yeah, <laughs> is it yeah. done? Is it over? <laughs> Oh, Matt, Matt, you have to end every podcast which is a clip of Eric saying, "Is it done?" <laughs> uh-huh. it was perfect. Because uh, yeah. I have another rant about this fifty billion dollar budget that I want to get into. I love it. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say: If you come in person, you can actually get the chance to have this conversation with Eric one on one about the fifty million dollar budget that. that uh, Mortal Kombat had and how much you appreciate it just like he does. Um, all that and more, November 4th through the 7th, 2021. It's Anomaly <laughs> Film Festival. Um, Anomaly Film Fest on all the social medias, anomalyfilmfest.com. Um, yeah, keep an eye out because we're going to be announcing stuff soon-ish, I think. Um, and I think folks are going to be really excited when uh, you'll, 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 be, you'll be excited with what you see. I'm underselling but overselling all at the same time. I contain multitudes. We contain multitudes. We're anomaly. So thank you very much for joining us. We love you. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye. Adios.
If you want to learn more about Rochester and Buffalo's wide range of diverse cuisines, Nominate Meals might be for you. The fun part is you have no idea what you're going to get until you pick your meal up at one of our fantastic events. All you have to do is go to nominatemeals.com and order a meal for two for $40 that features dishes from one small, typically minority-owned restaurant. We run events at Three Heads Brewing, Fatty Beer Company in the neighborhood of Play, and also Nowhere Lounge in Buffalo. We offer drink pairings for sale that pair with each dish for that night, which really adds to the experience. Go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal for an upcoming event and join the nomination.